0: everybody, and welcome to The Wench Bench, where friends sit and talk about fabulous fictional females and how their stories have influenced us throughout our lives. My name's Fonda. And my name is Allison. Today, Allison's going to be talking about Kira Norris. Yeah,
1: from Deep Space Nine. I know nothing about it. It's Star Trek. More Star <laughs> okay. Trek. <laughs> okay, cool. Um,
0: anyways, everyone, before we jump into this week's episode, Allison and I wanted to give a heads up that this is actually going to be our last episode before we
1: take a break. We have been talking for a while about new things that we can try for the podcast and how to ensure that we don't burn ourselves out because this is something we love and do for fun. And the first
0: step is giving ourselves breaks. Alsa and I both have full-time jobs and families and lives. And if other podcasts ensure that their cast and crew deserve breaks, we should start doing the same for ourselves, even though this is a labor of love.
1: So we have decided to take June off to relax, unwind, and regroup. But don't worry, we will be back. So mark your calendars for July 11th, 2021, for our next full episode. Awesome. Okay, so, Allison, please deep dive me into space. Okay, so deep diving into space. (laughs) So, (laughs) uh, for our listeners, I did go a little bit more in depth about the world of Star Trek, On my Lieutenant Uhura episode. So if you would like a little bit more information on that, I would suggest checking that out. But for those who just want to jump right into this episode and are super excited about it, I'm going to give a quick Star Trek recap. Also for Fonda. I, 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 Lord knows I need it. (laughs) (laughs) So basically, Star Trek is set in a future society where humans are a part of an organization known as the Federation of Planets, they seek to find new worlds and people and spread peace, prosperity and success across the galaxy. Um but that's really the basics. Humans have evolved past petty pettiness. <laughs> Thank gosh. Thank gosh. I I need that right now, <laughs> immediately. <laughs> I would like that now. Um, Please. But they had to go through a whole eugenics war to get there, so maybe we're on our way. Who knows? We're in the middle of a pandemic. Oh. Oh, now I'm sad. Yeah. I'm sad.
0: A little bit of Star Trek history for you there. I I forgot that's how they got there. Mm -hmm. I'll be
1: honest. Yeah. I was just like, they got there because they're good people. They just evolved. They definitely weren't forced to due to extremely bad circumstances. <laughs> yeah. <they>, yep. Yeah. No. <laughs> so now I'm going to give everybody a couple facts, give everybody some more information about Deep Space Nine or DS9 as fans refer to it. And as I will probably be referring to it a lot because it's faster and easier. So Star Trek Deep Space Nine was commissioned by Paramount Pictures After the success of The Next Generation. Some listeners may remember that I have said that TNG is in fact my favorite series, and I love it dearly. We will get into that one day. Um, (laughs) But my husband and I just recently finished watching Deep Space Nine, so before all of that information left my brain, I wanted to do an episode on it. Yes, yes,
0: understandably.
1: It originally aired from January 1993 to June of 1999. It had seven seasons with a total of 176 episodes. The series is set on a space station known as Deep Space Nine. It sits on the edge of a wormhole, which would connect Federation territory to the Gamma Quadrant that is on the other side of the Milky Way. Sounds... sounds... Deep into space. It is, in fact, deep into space. (laughs) (laughs) This was the first series to be created without the direct involvement of Gene Roddenberry, the creator of Star Trek. Personally, I found that this kind of made it lose a lot of what I love about Star Trek. And we'll sort of get into that later. Um, okay, but I did enjoy the ending. I just thought overall the series was weaker than the other two series
0: that I've watched. <laughs> That's fair. I feel like a lot of people can kind of say the same when it comes to other shows like BBC for Doctor Who.- mm-hmm. like they've had different directors and writers for the show, and some people definitely, can tell the difference when there's someone else behind the creative mind.
1: Yeah. And there are legions of fans out there who say deep space nine is the best series. Everybody loves it. But for me, it was a little too wild West, a little too, it lost that like kindness and cleverness in my mind, which I love about Star Trek is how everybody sees, wants to see the best in other people. Whereas there's a lot of like, Darkness in DS Nine, which mm-hmm. is a lot. <laughs> Again, we we'll get into it. Kira is a complicated character, but she is <laughs> pretty badass. Okay, okay. The series focuses on two major conflicts. The first is between the Bajorans and the Cardassians. Our <laughs> not Kardashians. Okay, it got me. It's gonna get other people. They are the Cardassians. I'm gonna be saying that pictured. a lot. It's gonna, it's gonna come up a lot. Big. A bunch uh, of big butted women. Up with the Cardassians. It's, it's, it's fine. <laughs> I love it. Okay, I'm ready. <laughs> um, Kira is actually Bajoran, and the Cardassians had occupied the planet Bajor for quite a number of years before the series began and that conflict and established history is present throughout the series Mm -hmm. the second conflict is between the federation and the dominion basically the evil federation that's from the gamma quadrant
0: okay evil federation gamma quadrant yep got it (laughs) i'm keeping up
1: Um, (laughs) fun fact this series was the first to have a person of color commander and eventual Captain Benjamin Sisko, who is one of the people that we're going to talk about a little bit later because his relationship with Kira is really quite interesting. Okay. Mhm. Relatively early on in the series, it was apparent that having a story about space set on a fixed location was quite limiting. And so in the third series, they received a starship, the USS Defiant, so that more excursions and explorations could take place. Because all the other ones are about starships exploring space. And then they're like, let's yeah. put on a space station! And then it's like... A little that's limiting. That's like a huge part... Of the series. Of, of the series and the story. Yeah. That's kind of yeah. the whole thing. Uh, but they made it work. Um, that's good. Definitely having excursions you can you can tell that they ran they wrote themselves into some loops (laughs) but as as people do it was fine (laughs) (laughs) so now we're gonna get to talking about the basics about kira Uh, finally
0: i've been waiting so long to hear about this fabulous fictional female
1: Mm, she's so cool Um, i've been waiting (laughs) she is played by nana visitor has she been in
0: anything? Why does that name sound familiar to me? Besides this TV series, has she been in
1: anything else? I'm not sure if she's been. Mm, I'll look it up else? for my own my own research later. But so, as I mentioned, she is Bajoran. 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 And
0: well, on... can you, Can I quickly ask what the alien race Bajoran is like? Are they just like regular humans, and they're just called Bajorans now, or do they have something humanoid? Neat? <laughs>
1: okay, cool. But they have like wrinkles on their nose. Oh, like on the bridge of their nose, kind of between their eyes, they have different wrinkles. Um, so that's like so their
0: visual identifier.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's how okay. you know that they're
0: Bajoran. Bajoran,
1: got it. And on her planet, the last name actually goes first, so her given name is Naree. But since throughout the show, she's called Major Kira. And most people Mm. call her Kira. Not a lot of people call her Narice. Because mostly she is dealing with people in, like, a more professional setting. Um, Oh, so if it's professional, they use the first
0: name?
1: Um, That's interesting. Well, because that's that's her last name. That's her family name is Kira. Right. Sorry, sorry.
0: Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mm. I find that interesting because, like, in Japan... It's their last name first. Like whenever you look at a document, it's their last name first, then their first Mm -hmm. name. And if you meet people for the first time, you'll often use the last name unless the person gives you permission to use their first name or like you've become familiar or something like that, Um, depending on the the individual, I guess. So I find that kind of cool that they also have that for the Bajoran.
1: Yeah, it definitely seems intentional because most of the people that we see calling her narice are either her romantic partners or her very very close friends so it's it's not common um gotcha which is again why i will more regularly refer to her as kira because that's what i hear all the time in the show Um, in the show she is the first officer aboard ds9 which means she is second in command and the ranking representative of her people (gasps) that's dope for her It is. She is very passionate about her culture, her history, and her religion. Growing up on an occupied Bajor and eventually becoming a freedom fighter and a member of the resistance militia really made her care about all those things so much more because it was something that was being taken away from them. Mm -hmm. And so that connection to her world is really quite interesting and enjoyable to watch. This life experience has made her into an uncompromising leader. She is smart and dedicated to her job and to her planet. Of course, this also means that she understandably has a large amount of disdain and hatred toward the Cardassian people. And so, throughout the show, you see her struggling a lot with trying to not only work with Cardassians and try and find this peace with these people who were oppressing her world for so long but she's also meeting members of that race of people who are proving that they're not all horrible people like they're, there are shades of grey in their Cardassians they're not all evil space Nazis which is basically what the Cardassians are so it's very, very interesting. And keep this in mind, because when I talk more about her character arc, it's going to make it even more surprising where she ends up at the end.
0: Oh, okay. I'm, I'm keeping that as a mental note. I'm ready. Mm-hmm.
1: So, throughout the seasons, we see her go from a quick-tempered, rough-around-the-edges militia member to a politically-minded leader of her people who must work alongside Cardassians to try and save lives. She eventually ends up assisting her enemies as they fight to free their own homeworld from Dominion occupation. Oh! So, by the end of the whole series, Kira Nerys is the savior of Cardassia. She goes there, she teaches them all how to fight under like an occupying force. Mm-hmm. She teaches them new ways to organize because they can't organize like a normal army. They have to do things underground the way that she has learned to do her entire life. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, she ends up saving Cardassia. Oh my gosh. <laughs>
0: did she like Wow. Did she purposely put herself kind of there? Or was it just more like It naturally happened and progressed because I know sometimes in those stories, it's like other people put you in that role or like something happens and suddenly you're forced to do it, even if you don't want to, whether that's like you end up saving a child and they are from the opposing force, um, so to Mm -hmm. speak. And then just through that, you're protecting the, the, the kid or whatever it is that you're trying to help. And then you end up helping everybody so for her for her arc was it more like a a choice she slowly made or was it something that naturally sort of fell into her lap so to speak
1: it was kind of a blend of both okay so there were a lot of there were a lot of moments and relationships and things that she has had throughout the whole seven seasons but at the end of the day the people who were occupying Cardassia are the Dominion. And so, in order to continue to protect her homeworld, and in order to fight with the Federation, and in order to do what was best for her solar system, for her planet, and for the territory and space where she resides and that she cares about, she had to help these people because taking back their planet. And getting the Cardassians back on their side because the Cardassians joined with the Dominion for a while. That was fun. So in order to do that, she was the best option. Because she had all of the experience that was needed. And she said yes. And Aww. she went in. And it was it was such it was such a good like ending for her. Like her ending mm-hmm. arc was so good. Um, I was very happy with it. You were satisfied. Arc.
0: Yes. Yeah, it yes. it can suck yes. when you don't have a satisfying arc or story ending for a character.
1: Yeah. Or. And well. Yeah. That happened in, with a lot of the other characters in this show. Unfortunately, uh, I wasn't super happy about it. But, but you we'll were for her.
0: You were for her.
1: And she's the one we're talking about. <laughs> for her, about, she was great. So.
0: Exactly. <laughs> There's
1: a reason why. So we do get to see, because in the beginning she would have gladly, like, 100% sacrificed Cardassia. But by the end she saves it. And that, in my opinion, is what makes her one of the most interesting character arcs in the entire series. Hmm. So we're going to talk a little bit because it is a a massive series. Okay. 176 episodes, I think is what I said. Jesus. Um, We're mostly going to focus on the relationships that she has with some of the other people on the ship. First, we're going to talk about is a character named Jadzia Dax. Jadzia is an alien known as a Trill. Trill. She is one of... Yeah. She's one of a select few of her people who was chosen to be joined with a symbiont that was named Dax. So together they became Jadzia Dax. Um... Um... so Symbion- throughout their lives, like a symbiote, like it was like inside spa- her. Oh, um, and so she had this creature's memories. It's it works with these trill people, and multiples of them have these symbionts, and then they go through multiple lifetimes. So she has, I think, seven other host memories, um, and she had to go through years of training in order to try and retain herself after she gets the symbiont because a lot of times you can lose yourself yeah. in all of these other personalities that reside within your body. That sounds she sounds badass. <laughs> she does. Unfortunately the show really just fucked her over hard. Oh, okay well I'm gonna um, in my mind
0: visualize because I'm naive and don't know anything yet. <laughs> I'm gonna
1: visualize she had a wonderful story. <laughs> Yeah, and I just don't think that the writers knew what to do with her. They started her out one way, and then they weren't really sure how to write her, and then they changed it, and then she got together with this guy, War- like, one of the characters from Star Trek to The Next Generation, which moved over to this show, and that was Worf, and the two of them got together, and then they turned her from smart to, like, super horny, and, like, basically oh cheating on Worf, and, like... It never really made sense and then they just killed her off because the actress wanted to leave the show because honestly they were doing nothing with her. Um and it was yeah, really unfortunate. I, yeah. But oh there were some really sweet episodes I think that Judzia was a huge part of the softening and the humanizing of Kirinaris because she was she was a soldier. She was a child soldier. She grew up in horrible conditions and she didn't really know how to relax and have fun. And so we got to see a lot of her and Jadzia go into like the holosuites and they would have fun. In one episode, kind of in like sort of a side story thing, the two are in a holosuite program following the story of King Arthur. Oh! <gasps> And Kira was playing Maid Marian. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh! And when Lancelot tried to kiss her, she punched him in the face because yeah. she was a married woman. <laughs> so, because she didn't, she had no idea what the story was, and so she didn't realize that that was the point. Yeah, yeah. I love that. That's cute. Um, and they got all dressed up, and they'd go do all these things, and. They'd like a, a renaissance fair. <laughs> yeah, like a renaissance fair. <laughs> um and they would they would talk about relationships and boys and they'd gossip and oh. it really yeah, that was the relationship where you started to see Kira learning regular to just like people things. be a regular like woman again, like a regular human, which was just so sweet. Aww. So kind of kind of as I mentioned unfortunately they didn't really do much with this relationship. I found that they didn't focus. Kira is the only woman is the only character I'm gonna talk about from this show because there aren't any other female characters that are developed enough that I care. K okay. <laughs> which okay. is pretty shitty. Okay. But yeah. is what it is. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> yeah. But Kira's awesome. (laughs) She sounds really interesting. Yes. Apparently there's like a short list of the episodes that you should watch that are actually going to get you to the story and get you through everything without having to watch all the shitty episodes. Oh! Um, I love a short list. I would suggest to people. I would have rather not watched 176 episodes. There were some episodes where we were literally just looking at our phones. Wow. Like we just stopped watching the show. Wow. Wow. (laughs) It, was fine. So it sounds so <laughs> riveting and enthralling. <laughs> um, but the ending was good. It was it was a good ending. Uh, so now we're going to talk a little bit about her bad luck in love for poor Kira. Oh so- no! Why? <laughs> she, no.
0: She had. I mean, everyone has bad luck, but like, no. <laughs> she had a lot of bad luck in love.
1: <laughs> Um, I want the best for her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> her first real relationship in the show is with a person called Vedic Burail. He was like a cleric. That's what a Vedic is. Is sort of a... Oh, it's a title? A religious person. Okay. From Bajor. And their relationship started more as allies, but then grew to lovers. And sadly, it ended when he was injured in a shuttle accident. But... If he had been allowed to rest, he could have recovered. So he there was a chance that he could have survived this. Mm-hmm. But because of political stuff that was going on, he was a large part of some conversations in order to further the peace between the Bajorans and the Cardassians. And he was like the linchpin in this negotiation. Okay. And so he chose to keep negotiating and basically he chose to die rather than let this treaty fall through and that was a a big lesson for her in like the importance of this piece because she was she was very anti anything to do with the Cardassians for a long time she's like no they just need to go away like we can't work with them like none of that stuff (laughs) but he kind of taught her like no this is about This is about healing our world and our people and doing what is best for everybody. So even though they hurt us, we still it is in our best interest to work with them. Gotcha. Wow. It was also nice to see her with somebody who they bonded over their religion and their beliefs. They had very Mm -hmm. similar experiences that way. And so it was nice to see that side of her because she is quite a religious character there's a fun little reappearance from the actor in a Mirror Universe episode Ooh. in which he returns and it hurts in the feels a little bit. It's a little sad because he's as, not as, as good of a guy in the Mirror <gasps> Universe nobody's, nobody's as good of a guy in the Mirror Universe. <laughs> no, that's true. That's so Fine. true. <laughs> yeah, Evil Universe Kira, who is very horny, might I add. <laughs> Like, super horny, like, has harems around her all the time. Uh, I, do, um, uh, also a great little headband that I love because oh. I love a headband. It's I that's know, how I... you know it's evil, Kira. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> She's got a headband, it's like the community meme of like
0: the evil timeline. Everyone just has like. <laughs> really
1: creepy beards and mustaches and they wear yeah. black <laughs> yep pretty much that's that's basically a riff on star trek mirror universe like i love this i love this um, okay it's great and so so those come back and that was a really kind of fun episode but it did hit you in the feels a little bit oh uh, her next major partner was shakar and Kira knew him from her time in the Resistance. so oh, so they have something her... in
0: common.
1: Exactly. Whereas her and Beryl had their religious beliefs in common and they bonded over that, her and Shakar found that connection in their past and in their experiences and in their life. Mm-hmm. He does eventually become the leader of the Bajoran government. Holy f And the two have a relationship for a while. So Ooh, saucy. Um, one of the Cardassian characters, Gul Dukat is his name. We're going to talk about him later. Uh, but he does make a snide comment that Kira has a thing for powerful Bajorans. Because <laughs> <laughs> Vedic Barail was powerful
0: as well as Shakar, so hey you know what if people have a type
1: that's that's okay yeah so the two kind of worked together to find their place in this new world without the occupation because they were both kind of lost Mm -hmm. and so that was a really important storyline for her as well and they eventually just parted ways there was like they just didn't last they were both too busy with other things other life And lastly, we're going to talk about Odo. Odo or Oto? Odo. O-D-O. Oh, no. (laughs) Based on Allison's face, I feel like that was the best pun I could have made in this situation. It's accurate. (laughs) Let's put it that way. Okay, cool. So, this is not a relationship that I particularly agree with. Okay, But let's get into it. <laughs> Odo is the main security officer on the station. He is a changeling or shapeshifter.
0: Mm.
1: Um, shapeshifters are actually the leaders of the Dominion. So he is actually from the Gamma Quadrant. Okay. Which ties in in a moment. He, he started out actually as one of the most interesting characters on the show. Like he was vastly interesting and then he degraded into a male fantasy mary sue which is also known as a gary sue (laughs) yeah i'm sorry
0: i just remember a flashback of allison and i when we were working at the cineplex and how constantly we felt stressed out and upset and disappointed in like mary sue type characters or Gary Sue type characters. And it's been a while since that has come up for either of us because we try to partake in different medias.
1: We do. And so the fact that this has come back is just a little uh, nostalgia point for me. A little bit. bit. (laughs) So for a long time he did not know where he came from and after they found access to the Gamma Quadrant and after they realized that his people were from over there um he started kind of getting more in touch with his own race basically and the changelings from the gamma quadrant hate solids which is essentially everybody who isn't a changeling oh
0: solid because they're not fluid and how they can adjust yes. their appearance. Got it. I thought you said hate solids and I'm like, so they like gas
1: and liquids? No, <laughs> and they can literally change their entire shape. Like, he can turn into a fucking chair. Oh, that, I hate that. I hate that. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, yeah, no. not like, not like shift your face, but turn into a chair. Oh, <laughs> and so like they're a like, a bird sometimes? They're like, they're like, s- like Mimics, like Star Wars mimics. But worse, because they're not monsters, I guess. Uh, No. Well, kind of. (laughs) I guess it depends Uh on who you meet. (laughs) Yeah. So basically, this is a seven season long friend zone plot, which I know I have established in other episodes. I am not a fan of friend zone plots. Um... There are many ups and downs in their relationship. And for some reason they start dating. I saw zero chemistry between the characters. And I personally feel that the whole show would have been better off to leave them as good friends. Because with Mm. political and social structures and stuff, without getting too far into the weeds, she is the reason he is reminded about why solids are good basically he is kind of being seduced by the the link is what it's called when his people all basically come together in a weird lake and they're all like one being but they're separate it's it's not sexy it's not sexy this makes me think of
0: critical role allison (laughs) i'm really not i i'm not this is making me think
1: of it's the (laughs) novum. Yeah, um and it's Ew. just he's he's just not either way. Al, <laughs> it just moving Words. on. Just yes, not good. <laughs> in the end, he, in the end, he eventually decides to rejoin his people to help make them understand the Solids better. So after the whole Dominion stuff is settled, he decides to return to the Link and. Kind of heal his people and allow them to trust again. Um, I, I'm i down with that. I'm down oh, yeah. with that as a character choice for oh, him. Oh, yeah. Um, Kira says goodbye to him alone on his home planet. And this is the kind of goodbye that I feel would have been much more heartbreaking had some of his other relationships been there. So not only Kira, who was his mm. girlfriend, but was his closest friend on the ship he also Mm -hmm. had other people though there's like um there's a ferengi character named quark who is always doing like schemes and like illegal shit and so him as the security officer (laughs) has to try and stop him and they have kind of an antagonistic relationship but he's he's built all of these relationships and all of these friendships that have helped to sculpt how he feels about the world and mm-hmm. they kind of almost just devalued it for some, like, shitty love story that didn't land. Mm. <sighs> but the uh, the biggest reason I disagree with the, the fact that this relationship happened is because in one of the final seasons, Deep Space Nine gets retaken by the Cardassians along with the Dominion. And it's this sort of weird tenuous non-hostile takeover because Bajor chose to be neutral in the conflict so they didn't side with either side um so the fact that they're on the like it's not like all-out war so it's this very like awkward kind of thing and uh, instead of helping his friends who he has spent multiple seasons caring about he basically just goes and fucks another one of his people for days. They just join together in some weird blob and fuck for days. But he loves yeah. Kira. That's, that's super accurate. And she forgives him for this. <laughs> for basically abandoning his friends. Being a dick. Oh. Okay. So, I don't get it. It's
0: bad. <laughs> I don't understand. I don't understand. And and I know
1: you tried to tell me as succinctly as you could. And I just... <laughs> and like, I could see her so far, like her whole character, I could see her forgiving her friend for doing that. I could see her yeah. understanding why it was that he was seeking that connection that he had never had. But as a... Partner as a relationship. It just doesn't track. Yeah. So, yeah, he just, it comes off as this like storyline about a nerdy male writer's insert fantasy character who, despite his awkwardness, somehow gets the super hot girl at the end. And also, despite having never had sex, he is apparently amazing at it because that was definitely (laughs) something that the show had to tell us. It literally made that canon. Because apparently they had to. I and it hate just, that. It just was like a different form of bad writing. And I felt like his story, even though it started so strong and could have been so interesting, just kind of devolved. Yeah, that doesn't sound dope. No. Um, but I loved their friendship. Which is why I think I was so upset that it turned into like... Something else. Because mm-hmm. they had this incredible, like, working relationship. They had that chemistry. They had friendship. And they just forced it into whatever the fuck ended up on screen. Cool. Uh, <laughs> so, next is Benjamin Sisko, as I mentioned. <gasps> yes, the Benjamin. Upton. He is a human Starfleet officer and commander of Deep Space Nine. And the two started out kind of a bit rocky. Okay. And it took quite some time before they grew closer as friends and colleagues. And this relationship was made even more complicated than most because not only was he her superior officer, he was also the emissary to the prophets, the gods of her culture. Oh. So he was a major religious figurehead of her planet so, like, <laughs> her captain, a religious figure, <laughs> like, a, a leader, like, a friend, a person you have to work with. <laughs> like, it's a whole lot of confusion in there. Um, yeah! Yeah. <laughs> and although this sort of, this religion storyline of Benjamin Sisko kind of went some weird places, but the discussions and the moments where Kira had an opportunity to explore her faith and what it meant to her um, with the help of Cisco, were really quite beautiful moments. She kind of she taught him about her culture and he fell in love with Bajor and what? he allowed her to realize just how her beliefs impacted her life and that he may have been the emissary, but he was also a person. Like he was also her friend. And like, it was, it was really quite like some quite fascinating, like character growth and character moments between them. Specifically in one episode, Cisco becomes injured and Kira has to try and make sure that he doesn't fall asleep for fear that he could slip into a coma. Oh, So in this like super intense Episode, we get her basically kneeling beside him, just talking to him. And she talks about kind of benign things like work and things like that. But then she begins to open up because she, she's like, I don't know how to talk about, I don't know how to talk to you. (laughs) And it kind of is, it is that like that straw that broke the camel's back kind of that begins their journey to an actual friendship because she just starts praying with him and for him. And oh. she starts praying in her language okay. and it connects him to the prophets and her. And it's just, it's this really touching scene and a pivotal moment in their relationship. And she realizes that he's not just her captain or the emissary. Like he's more than that. He is her friend. And it's like, it's just this really... Fascinating relationship, but it it's complicated and it it's weird. Aww, but it's beautiful. Yeah, it sounds really <laughs> sweet. Yeah, it was a really, it was a really fascinating episode. So the last character we're gonna talk about is Gold Ducat, and honestly, I saved the best for last. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. Um, I love the character of Dukat. <laughs> he is so good. Tell, tell me why. Um, and his ending does not stop me from loving him. I just wish he had gotten better. I like with so many characters in this show. This is like the story of Deep Space Nine for me personally. Okay. His relationship with Kira is like the most bonkers shit ever. And I love it. So he's a Cardassian. And basically, it's just like a space fascist. He does everything for Cardassia. Okay. He believes that they are the best, that they are better than everybody else, but he loves fucking Bajorans.
0: <laughs> Love this. Okay, continue. Yeah. Con- I was worried for
1: a second. <laughs> um, Gull is a title-like captain. So he is, like, Captain Dukat. He was a major player in the occupation of Bajor and overall a pretty shitty and manipulative guy. Oh. His only redeemable feature was that he did it all for Cardassia, which isn't really saying much. But also, he's somehow charming as fuck and a very bad sexy villain. (laughs) Okay. I don't understand. It's impressive. (laughs) Uh, He is the character with whom I believe Kira had the most chemistry. Okay. So for some reason, their scenes were just fucking fire. Like they were so hot. And I was just like, God, they just need to fuck. (laughs) Like the whole show, Nick and I were just like, they just got to hate fuck. Everything will be better if Kira and Ducat just have sex. It didn't happen. But it's, like, so much of what I wanted. <laughs> he was always flirting with her and teasing her. And as I mentioned, he is canonically established as having a thing for Bajorans, even though he does have a wife and children back home. And he also has a half Bajoran daughter who he did not kill because Kira convinced him not to. Aww. Because like if they had found out that he had this half Bajoran daughter, he would be disgraced, blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. And Kira's like, "No, like you love her, she's a part of you," um and then Kira's relationship with her daughter with his daughter is actually a really cute one too, but it's complicated. <laughs> We're not going to get into that. Okay. Um but it's a very cute relationship. So sh- her and his daughter become kind of friends. Um, and then even more so, you want them to get together because then the daughter will have a new mom because the daughter's mom died. And so like Kira's kind of her like adopted mom and then her and Dukat would get together. <laughs> so just a whole bunch of storylines piled on top of one another and nothing worked out. <laughs> <laughs> and for a little while in the middle, it actually genuinely seemed like you would have a redemption arc. It was wild. I super wanted it to happen. It didn't. As I mentioned, the ending isn't super great for him. They end up kind of sending him on some weird religious arc where he switched from being a part of, like, the Dominion War side of the storyline to being a part of the, like, Bajoran Prophets, Pa Evil Prophets side. Okay, okay. Um, which, what I had wished happened is he had this second-in-command named Damar. And Damar is actually the person who Kira went to Cardassia to help. Oh. And they together rebelled on Cardassia and fought against the Dominion, which would have been a fucking amazing time for her and Dukat to fuck, (laughs) had Dukat been Damar. Okay, 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 okay. So basically, I think Ducat should have been on the planet with Kira fighting in the resistance because that was his thing. His thing was, I love Cardassia and I will do whatever it takes to ensure Cardassia's safety. And I think it would have been very interesting to see him actually working alongside Kira, actually respecting her, not just kind of being shitty and like teasing her and kind of patronizing oh. um, in some ways mm-hmm. <laughs> so I thought that that would have been a really cool ending unfortunately that didn't happen but Damar is a weird side character that I also fucking love Damar's <laughs> great but uh, they just I don't know if it's the way that they film these old shows because it is filmed in full screen so like everybody does have to be a little bit closer Mm -hmm. But, like, every scene, Kira and Dukat are just so close. (laughs) Like, they're just so close when they're talking to each other. And she just stares daggers at him. And he just, like, smirks at her in this way. And it's just like, this is so hot. (laughs) (laughs) And I loved it so much. And, like, seriously, Nick and I were just like, "Ah." fuck. It was very fun. It was this fun little... Wish that we had, but no, Kira had Odo. Oh, okay. It's fine. Um, but their their relationship was such an important, like, growing aspect for Kira because she had she was forced to work with him so often, and she was forced to see that he was not just like evil incarnate. Like there was depth to him, there was purpose behind his actions. And that he did have like a softer side, and so he kind of, again, helped her kind of realize that not all Cardassians are completely evil, mm-hmm. and it it was just such a fascinating relationship. And then it gets super weird because you end up finding out that he like fucked her mom. I guess because oh. I don't know how Cardassians age, okay. um, but he didn't seem super old. And then they tried to do this weird like age up thing on his daughter when all of a sudden she went from being like 11 to being like 30 and it was fucking weird. I'm not a fan of those things. I hate when that happens. It was awkward because then they like got his daughter together with another Cardassian character on the show who seemed older than her dad. Oh. Like seemed because they have a shit ton of. Like prosthetics on. So, Cardassians have these like ridges and they're painted all gray and like slicked back hair. Very interesting character design. They, it looks like they have a spoon on their head. Um, genuinely, look it up. It looks like they have a spoon on their okay. head. I'm not even lying. Okay. I'm look it up. <laughs> but yeah, like, so her relationship building on the show was really, it was really good. She had quite a full developed character arc from being quite like broken and angry to being a loving person.
0: Compassionate. Yeah.
1: Like compassionate understanding and a little more open-minded to the world around her. Good thing they got off of the space station and got a ship. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, So kind of to collect My feelings of why I like her. Please, please. She's confident and competent as a leader. She values her people throughout everything and was able to find friendships and build relationships after spending a life where those were dangerous to have. And... Even if she started out angry, she found happiness and contentment in her life and in her work. Her, the mirror universe version of herself, oddly enough, works alongside the (laughs) Cardassians on the space station. um, Which is wild and just super weird. And she's like evil and super cruel, but it's like, it's an interesting (laughs) dynamic because the two of them do run into each other a couple times. And it's very funny seeing the actress get to have fun being the opposite. Aww. She also stands out in a series where I found many of the characters in general, not to have much growth or even necessarily to have much depth. She was well-developed and she grew as a person and allowed herself to experience and feel and adapt to the changing world around her she was flawed and complicated and even though there were story points i disagreed with her overall journey was just so entertaining to watch and it was it was really just a good character change
0: and i loved it good i'm happy for you that you could find a character in a, in a series that you still, like, enjoy. I still enjoyed it. Otherwise, you wouldn't have talked about <laughs> the series at <laughs> no. all. So, I definitely have a lot of things I want to Google. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> and, and I look forward to seeing where that rabbit hole
1: takes me. <laughs> it's a fun rabbit hole. There's a lot of weird videos with, I was just, I was trying to look up just a couple scenes of Kira Mm -hmm. and Ducat so I could send them to you. (laughs) There's a lot of like fan edits and like weird things with like songs in the background, but you see the actual footage. So you do get a little bit of an idea of just how close they always were. (laughs) I look forward to it. Yeah good stuff (laughs) so what are you excited about right now vonda
0: oh okay i haven't started yet i'm literally going to go uh after like cleaning up and doing a few things watch season two of love death and robots because it came out on netflix today the day we're recording may 14th 2021 and I don't know about you, Alsa, but I really liked Love, Death, and Robots. I did too. Have you ever watch it? Yeah. Okay, just double check it. I like
1: the one with the um, with the Kitsune, like robot <gasps> yeah. ladies. Yeah, the
0: Kitsune lady. Do you remember the yogurt one? It was like fifteen minutes. Yeah. <laughs> I <did. laughs> I, th- I really liked the series. I liked how the animation styles are varied in different. Um, I also really enjoy that, like, the length of each episode isn't always the same. Yeah. So, I'm excited to see what season two will do. Um, so, that's kind of, like, where I'm at right now. Like, an immediate hype. <laughs> nice. Um, yeah. So, Allison, uh, we recently got a wonderful, uh, sort of, like, facebook recommends comment uh recently yes. from abby mckelvey
1: yes do i say that last time right? i believe that okay. how we met a couple years ago oh, at a okay. uh women's convention for trades oh. um, we became facebook friends and she's awesome
0: okay I love that I love that okay so uh it's very sweet and I'm gonna read it right now I love this podcast I enjoy being able to listen about pop culture from a female perspective they discuss media that I am familiar with but bring up ideas that I never considered it's a nice combination of familiarity and fresh viewpoints 10 out of 10 I fully recommend (laughs) Thank Thank you so much, Abby! Very, very appreciative of of the review for our podcast. Yeah, it made me smile so big. (laughs) It's really nice. It's really heartwarming. Uh, Which leads me into just, like, we can't really grow any other way without reviews and recommendations. Allison and I actually get most of our viewers from Spotify, oddly enough, but you can't rate or review or even comment on Spotify. <laughs> so if, <Andy. laughs> if you listen to us on Spotify um, or even if you don't, uh, it would be really wonderful if you could actually rate, review um, and subscribe or even just like find us on Apple Podcasts And just, like, give us a a rate and a comment, because that's kind of, like, the most popular way to help podcasts grow right now, sadly. Hopefully, maybe one day Spotify gives a a rate system, but... (laughs) We'll see. But
1: but until then... Yeah, and it makes us smile, and you get to hear us thank you on podcasts. (laughs) Yes! We love this! For us
0: and you. (laughs) You can follow us on Tumblr, Twitter, and Instagram at wenchbenchpod, and if you want to reach out, you can send us an email at wenchbenchpod at gmail.com. All the art for the Wenchbench was designed by the wonderful Tessa Joyce Rieken, and you can find her on Twitter and Instagram at werevile. Thank you very much for listening. Again, reminder, this is our last episode for now. Uh, we're going to be coming back after June on July 11th. After we have a good break, regroup, figure out maybe some new little segment ideas yeah. we have in mind. hmm Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, do you have any last-minute sign-offs, Allison, before we go into our,
1: our month-long break? Take care of yourselves have enjoy the summer stay safe drink water drink water that's a good one too yeah enjoy your june mm-hmm. we mm-hmm. love you yes <laughs> yes love you
0: very much thank you Bye. Bye.
1: so we're gonna talk a little bit about <coughs> whoa oh, fuck. is she okay son what's up she rarely does that it scared the shit out of me i
0: didn't think that was gonna happen you're like and i just want them to fuck
1: <laughs> and then you were frozen <laughs> this is a pretty good place to stop Yeah.